Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Hey everybody, greetings, welcome in Wednesday morning, October 26, 2022, 35 degrees in the capital city. On our way to 60-ish. Uh, good show for you today. You know what day it is. It's hump day. It's Wednesday. It's what chaps your eyed Wednesday. This is the day that you get it off your chest and you're a more, much more pleasant, productive person in this community because you got it off of your chest. And so let's get that going. Facebook.com slash 1400KLIN. If you would like to uh, be a part of the Facebook thread, just kind of go at it that way. You can always text us, the Rickstein Recognition text line, 402-479-1400. We'll open up the phones at 710 for you to get off your chest. That little thing that's bugging you, that may seem insignificant to everyone around you, but it's a big deal to you. And uh, always have fun with that, so be listening at 710 for that. couple of Fantasy Huskers qualifiers today. Listen for keywords at 635 and 810. Uh, Guests today, uh, we're bringing Jason Peterson on to talk tech with us at 810 today. And John Bishop joins us today. A lot to get to with him, including an eventful Mickey Joseph presser yesterday and... The new era of Big Ten football scheduling, which we'll be uh, finding a little bit more out uh, about tomorrow, or excuse me, today, later today, when the Big Ten puts out its schedule for yeah. next year, where divisions will still be there the final year of divisions. And maybe most notably, we find out if Nebraska still has a uh, conference opponent to start out the year. If there's, you know, maybe that'll be a, we may or may not find out today if that's a Thursday night. There's actually, they're going to play a game on Sunday night as well of Labor Day weekend. So we will see what we find out with that a little bit today. Well, Nebraska is going to be a giant beneficiary of like literally whoever the opponents are because of what the next two schedules were going to be. Starting out at Minnesota this next year, um, the crossover games in 2025 were if you want to talk about to, this year was supposed to be one of the easiest schedules Nebraska's ever had, yes. 2025 was going to be one of the hardest schedules right. Nebraska had ever had. So because you welcome had, in USC and UCLA. You had Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State. I think were I think you had, drew all three of them in 2025 or two of those three. So that schedule's already out. We'll see what 2024 is before you do add in those other two schools and do, do you start out with a conference game? Is it on the road? How, yeah. how do they shake some of the things up? Uh, if we're going to, if they're uh, in Minneapolis in Week One next year, I say we bring the whole station up to Minneapolis. Stay uh, fair. That's what I say. That's what I say we do. Uh, all right, so we've got. That's what they do, right? It's when they host that first week. It's always like State Fair, and it's at it? a weird time. State Fair is ten know. days prior to Labor Day. Oh, okay. Well, then. You, and it's still running on Labor Day? Yes, that's Uh-oh. the final day. All right. Sweet. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see uh, a little bit go, more on that here. Go check out Machinery Hill. Uh, okay. We'll, we'll get into that next year. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Remind me of that again a long time from right now. Uh, Mark had this in news, but it is. I think there have been a lot of people questioning, like, okay, we had this big fire um, in and around the county on Sunday. What was this? Was it a, you know, we know the conditions were right for it spreading, but what originally started this? Apparently, a shredder is what is responsible for this happening completely accidental. Uh, I, I mean, I, 
Listen, I can tell from the name what it does, but I don't even know exactly what a shredder looks like or how it well, works, it's, Mark. It's like a, a heavy mower type okay. thing. You know, it goes into heavy weeds and things like that. So. Okay. So somebody was, was using that weeds, grass being shredded. Uh, there's a spark that comes off of it, yeah, those and things, that's it? Uh, pretty much. It could have come Jeez. off the equipment. Uh, one of the blades could have struck a rock. You know, uh, it, it's just, it's really hard to tell how, but that's what they say uh, ignited it. So Okay, so, you know, nothing nefarious or, or anything nope. like that, just sort of, you know, uh, and, and, and on, uh, on any other, you know, day, uh, so many other times, that just happens, and the spark, boop. And you know, yeah. it's out on the wet grass, right? Yeah, or or, it, or wet soil or it whatever. Does, it doesn't is. have enough fuel to, to yeah. keep going, or enough oxygen. You know, because yep. it drops down in. But when you got a wind like that, it just sort of takes exactly, off. exactly. And and then it ends up in a what parts of a six square mile area, about eight, eight nine thousand acres, I guess. Is yeah, what they say it covered. So there is uh, there is the update there. Now, um, one one thing to add to that, the county assessor's office is already sending some teams out, or will be very soon, to assess the damage because this could affect uh, property taxes. Oh, for the tax year next year. I mean, if you had a bunch of outbuildings that you lost, and it was on this year's assessment, they're going to be looking at uh, all of all of those things. Uh, or for loss. Val- yeah, valuations that, yeah. that could be impacted. Not the way you wanted your property taxes adjusted, though. No. no. Right. Or real estate taxes, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Property taxes, whichever you prefer to call it. So, Other thing uh, I wanted to I wanted to mention is, uh, and there's been a couple of stories about this over the last few days, is uh, RSV in the area right now. And this is just bringing me back to... I remember those days, those of you who have young kids uh, right now, and whether it's RSV or whether it's just those other things, this time of year when when it feels like every day, um, you, especially if you have multiple kids, you get a text from the spouse or something, and you're like, one of our kids is sick. <laughs> what are we going to do? One of our, I do not miss those days. And, and I know it's especially bad this year, you know, um, because you've got you've got RSV that's becoming more and more of an issue, and that's something that uh, typically impacts kids. Um, well, my as, wife's as pediatrics office said they've been seeing a big Have uptick. They? Yeah, I bet. And she's been talking about this. I know we the newsroom had the story, um, but my wife had been talking about this probably for for a month, saying, "Hey, we're starting to see a lot more," and then you start to really see it. And obviously, talked with with Brian Health and. It is it is an issue in the not just in the community but kind of everywhere right now. And as someone who my daughter turns two today, mm-hmm. that's one of those things. She's right in that area. We're, we're continuously watching that. Check in with daycare. Hey, is that everyone's been feeling good? Right? If they're sick, you're sending them home. Right? right. Kind of being a little bit overprotective at times, but also you got to look out for your kids. And it's not necessarily a local thing. It sounds like just there's it's a it's an er, kind of an early season on this. It yeah. usually isn't until until November, but. The, I mean, the cases have been going up significantly here in, in October, and it's just, um, yeah. Earlier this week, we had uh, stories with Dr. Amy Pinkel. She's a pediatric hospitalist at Brian. She went through how, how heavy Brian or how uh, large the caseload is at Brian. Uh, their pediatric beds, uh, I, I believe she said were, were actually full and they were using other parts of the hospital to take care of them so mm-hmm. uh and and a number of reasons uh, you know she was very uh 
forthcoming in in uh, the coverage of it. I've seen some of the national uh, coverage. So it seems like it's worse in other parts of the of the country. Sure. But uh, one of the things that they're saying is that it's one of the th- things that's involved is that there hasn't been a lot of these cases as much in the last two years due to the mitigations that were being done by for right. COVID. So. Said the same thing about flu too. So, right. Yeah. So. But yeah, it's much earlier than um, yeah. I had a um, my son when he was little. He was he battled asthma growing up um, as as a young kid, and you know whenever there was a cough, right? Whenever there was anything like that, we're like, oh man, here we go. Is this asthma? Is this RSV? Is this a is this a cold that brought on? You know some of the the impacts of this, and it was a it was just a lot of trips out to the the pediatrician, a lot of days home, and so uh, those of you who are in those situations now, uh, or have grandkids that are in that situation now, I I, I just feel for you because it's especially hard when you got uh, if you're a single parent or if you've got you know both parents who are working out of the house and and have a hard time figuring out. I just remember those calls from my wife usually came in here during a break and she was like well you know our kid's sick what are we going to do and we're both like well i'm like i can't do anything i'm here till nine at very least and uh it it can be it it can be difficult to deal with and that doesn't even account for obviously if you got a kid in the hospital that takes it to another level that takes it to a whole new level our our first daughter sarah had uh, was hospitalized with bronchiolitis when she was less than a year jeez and uh she was uh early she was about five weeks early so uh preemie and so we had all kinds of concerns but it's it's pretty tough uh tough treatment that they have to go through yeah yeah absolutely uh we're gonna get a little bit further into this but it sounds like the university of florida has uh had enough of the protests <laughs> during ben sass events i guess it was just this the can one only go over the well. one weekend here so they decided to start enforcing again an old rule essentially that bans indoor protests um for the next time that sas is going to be there this is a rule that's been on the books but not one that they've actually been enforcing because they haven't had a problem with it and so there was an announcement here uh that said this is going to uh this is going to be the rule going forward because the indoor protests were so loud not only making noise and chanting, but banging on stuff, evidently, that they couldn't hear the speakers. And so the argument is that we need to protect, you know, we, we stand by the First Amendment, but we need to make sure that everyone in, in the Florida, University of Florida community, uh, gets a chance to speak and hear. So um, it'll be enforced next week. Board of Trustees can meets to consider SAS's candidacy. And they're saying students who violate it may be subject to discipline. I don't know, guys. This sounds like a little bit of a, I don't know. Sort of like, <laughs> that sounds like a little bit of a fire keg there, doesn't it? Powder keg, I mean. Fire keg, powder keg, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I feel like this is more of a chance to rile things up than take it the other direction, no? Well, if you already had folks that were upset about Ben Sass because of his politics... And then come in and say, well, we're going to limit the way you can yeah. protest now. Oh, God. oh man. It's going to, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be bad, isn't it? I mean, it is. Well, we'll see. We will see. Yeah, it's going to be bad. 
Yeah. Wow. Wait, way to turn around real quick on that one, Mark. But, well, I mean, Caleb's exactly right, though. I mean, you got people who are fired up already, and they went and did this the the first time, but now they're being told that, that you know, in certain forums, they're not going to be able to do what they want to do. I still love that stay out of our swamp sign. <laughs> and, of course, that uh, possible vote of no confidence by the faculty you senate. Got, take you place. got that as well. I don't know. Should we not be Should we not be checking this thing off? As Should we not be moving Pete Ricketts, get his uh, drapes fit for the Senate office yet? <laughs> Could Pete Ricketts be a finalist for the UF <laughs> Oh, there we go. That'd be an amazing... In a stunning reversal. In a stunting reversal. And I'm just saying. Yeah, I don't know that he's got the ties to academia that, that no. Sass has, and he might get the protest, too, probably, <laughs> uh, with that whole thing. But, yeah, it's... Um, and I mean, it just, just to you know, game it out a little bit, let's say for whatever reason this is so unpopular, there's a, a, a no-confidence f- vote by the faculty... For whatever reason, the trustees decide, you know, this isn't for them. They don't want to go down this controversial political road, and they've got other candidates they can use. They want to go, they decide to go another direction. So I guess SAS goes back to the Senate. <laughs> like, then what's the rest of that term look like? Yeah, I mean, then, yeah, right. Then what is he? Is he looking for the next university presidential job after that? Is, uh, is, I mean, because I feel like he's kind of, I feel like he's kind of made up his mind. The Senate's he's he's ready to be out, ready to be done with the Senate, which hard to blame him in some ways. I'm surprised anybody wants to do that right now in some ways, but he would have to find a job before. I mean, he's there till he's got four years, guys. Yeah, but he's got four years to look for another job, too. <laughs> oh, man, that could be quite a mess. That could be quite a mess. And then we have got the volleyball game of the regular season tonight. The rematch, Nebraska, Wisconsin. It's here. National championship game was the last time these two squads met. Nebraska's had a little bit of a better start to the season than Wisconsin has this year, but that obviously doesn't mean a whole lot going into this atmosphere in this rivalry. Uh, against a very solid top five Wisconsin team and the the most uh, fans you're going to have at a, a facility outside of uh, Lincoln, Nebraska in the Big Ten. So strong home field advantage. Too. Yeah, and the Badgers haven't lost at home since November of last year. So you're you're coming up on 11 months, and obviously you, you get through the, the non-conference. They've had some losses, haven't been at home. Yeah. You get, get in the conference, they've got one loss. It wasn't at home. Yeah. Now you're you're going there. And for Nebraska, you've lost several in a row. But Wisconsin doesn't have their five-time All-American, you know? Like, they don't have that super class anymore. Yeah. Can you get over that mental hurdle of, well, it's still Wisconsin, and they're still pretty good, and they're a top-five team in the country. I think that'll be what this team tonight for Nebraska, they have to battle. Can you get past that mental edge? Or that that mental hurdle, and I think they can because you have Nicklin Hames, who's just go, fired up all over the place, and she saw those Wisconsin teams and had to go through them. And Maddie Kubik, same thing. And you had Caitlin Horde, who at Penn State was playing against yep. those players. Yep. But now you add in all of the youth that's around them. I think ne- Nebraska is set up really well to take a firm stranglehold on the Big Ten Conference going forward tonight in Madison. Yeah, if they can, if they can pull. 
you know, whatever happens tonight, you know, Nebraska still obviously has designs and, and may still be the favorite to win the conference. Oh, for sure. But if, they, if they're able to get this tonight, look out. Okay? I mean, look out for mm-hmm. things to get really gaudy the rest of this year. And, you know, in most sport, in, in most sports, you try and, you know, you're like, hey, don't jinx them, right? You don't go over the top with them. It's, I mean, it's, at this point, it's just true with the way they're playing. I don't think I'm being particularly biased when no. I say that. Like, look at, like, <laughs> John Cook would, would be mortified if he heard me say this, which he might be listening right now, but they win this game, unbeaten regular season, unbeaten conference season is, is definitely not off the table. They can win this one. Well, if you win this one, you you can still math out the rest of the the league and say you could lose two matches. Let's say you, you yeah you'd be you'd have to yes you you could lose a rematch to Wisconsin and you could lose to Ohio State and still win the league. And, and that, that's where you're at. That's how important tonight the is. The spoils of winning is taking a huge step closer to not leaving the state of Nebraska in December. Yes, that's part of the the biggest spoils of of this whole thing. So. It's exciting. It's 8 o'clock, first serve. So maybe a little extra cup of coffee before you leave work today. My daughter is like, how am I going to stay up? Can I drink caffeine, Mom and Dad? We're like, no. Big 10 <laughs> volleyball na- after dark. Maybe take a nap or something. So we're figuring out how that will all work. <laughs> all right, Here's just- your uh, ag question of the morning. All right, go for it. Well, uh, where can you learn to make ice cream? No, uh, I don't know. Sunday school. 626 at LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to your inbox every afternoon. Just sign up for the daily for free at KLIN.com. Iron. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the sound off on LNK today. But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. Hi, 637, and it is time to give you another keyword. What do you do with it? Well, you text it in the Rickstein Recognition text line at 402-479-1400. If you want a fantasy Huskers pick, fantasy Huskers pick could get you a $50 uh, prize package, $100 prize package, 50 to Valentino's and 52 Alumni Hall, and you get to watch uh, watch the game with a little little skin in the game, so to speak. Skin in the game as it comes to rushing yards, at least. That's the question this week. How many rush yards does Illinois get net rushing yards against Nebraska? So to get that pick, you need to text us the following word. Orange. O-R-A-N-G-E. Orange. So text that in, the color of Illinois. And uh, we're going to select one of you who texts that for the fifth pick of the week. And you get another chance. If you don't get it at 810, look for that text back uh, if you get it. So you can send us your pick. The yardage guesses so far, Caleb, are... Uh, Mexi Fry ninety eight, Richard one sixty nine. Don't laugh at that. That's his I, text name. No, no, I'm not laughing. Listen, I know him. I know him personally. I know. You. I'm laughing at his. I'm laughing at his pick, not oh, okay, his name. Okay, okay. And I'm also laughing at how amazing that'll be if he's right, because we're all. He and I are celebrating on That'd Saturday night if that happens. Uh, Richard one sixty nine, Wade one ninety five, Ruth two eleven. Two eleven. The two eleven. All right, there we go. Picks are uh, picks are in four of them, but uh, you've got a you got a chance, and don't forget. And and here I am uh, making fun of that double digit pick, sort of, 
But I should also note, I say it every time, the extremes win this game. How many times, Caleb, do you pick out the winner and it is either the highest or the lowest pick on something? Like, over 50% of the time, seriously. I'm scared to see what someone puts for the highest, though. That's that's probably what I'd, we, I'd probably be living, living in optimism. Or I'd probably be living in that world right now if I were a <laughs> contestant in this game. I'd probably be living in, you know, two fifty five land. Two fifty five. That's yeah. where you're going. Well, what you you want to make a pick if you're still now? See, at this point, you benefit from being later. You honestly benefit from being later because I want to see. I, I want to hit a number that nobody's going to go higher for higher than. So you don't want to go too far. It's like the price is right when you don't want to, you know, go too go too high. So I want I don't want anybody to jump over top of me, but so high enough that that happens. But you don't want to completely rule out a bunch of numbers too. So so I I, I put I put I you go. down for if that uh, were my ne- if I were the next pick, I think I'd go strategy play. I put you down for two fifty five. I'd go two ninety. No, you wouldn't. Two ninety. I wrote it down. Jeez, and we would not be if they go for two ninety rushing. That's bad news. <laughs> That's bad news. If they go if they go 90 yards or whatever rushing, though. That's good news. That's a double-digit Nebraska win, I think. Yeah, that's good news. <laughs> that means you got up early and forced Illinois to right. throw the ball around, and it right. didn't work. Right. Listen, just let me... Okay, just let me take my... I've got to bifurcate this. I've, I've got, on one hand, we've got my extreme bordering on unreasonable confidence in Nebraska volleyball right now. <laughs> Where uh, During the break, I kid you not... During the break, I just said to Caleb, I was like, I think this might be a sweep tonight. You said you would bet everything you own. <laughs> on Nebraska winning, not on oh, the sweep. Okay, okay. Those are two different conversations. Okay. I feel wildly confident. And it's when you get a team that's very good, it's good to feel wildly confident. We don't get that feeling all that often here with the sports that we cheer for. So, yeah, I feel I was just looking through Wisconsin's schedule, Caleb. And, you know, they're ranked, but. Being a little snobby about what Nebraska's done this year, uh, there were some parts and I was like, "Oh, really? You you gave up a, you gave up two sets to Illinois, really? You gave up a set to Michigan twice in the last two weeks, really?" And up until this last week, there's just a lot only, of that. There's a lot of that in there. They were only two spots behind Nebraska in the poll. I just, uh, well, I mean, you get that comes along with being defending national champ, I guess. So I don't know, I guess you can send me your hate mail tomorrow if I've jinxed them or something like that. But the thing is, almost never happens with Nebraska volleyball. <laughs> People on Twitter get mad at me all the time because I'll be overconfident with them. It's like, oh, you're jinxing them. And then you know, that, that Creighton match is a, a great example of that. Mm-hmm. You're jinxing. And what do you know? No, they're impervious to my jinxes. <laughs> Not worried. All right, sound off time where should we start uh well big debates last night and the one that probably got the most attention was in pennsylvania because that is one of the key races in terms of the balance of power for the senate and uh well take a take a listen to sean langeo it didn't take long in tuesday's pennsylvania senate debate for what democratic candidate john fetterman called the elephant in the room to come up i had a stroke He's never let me forget that. When pressed to release his full medical records later in the debate, Fetterman was noncommittal. The two also sparred over public safety, with Oz accusing the Democrat of being soft on crime. Part of the problem is that we have taken away the ability of police to do their job, and that's on John Fetterman. Debates sound courtesy of News Nation. 
Well, just under two weeks until the midterms, the Fox News power rankings place the Pennsylvania Senate race in the toss-up category. Sean Langell, Fox News. Uh, this is, I mean, it it sucks to say this in some ways, but I, I watched some of the, not the whole debate, I'm not a Pennsylvania voter, but I did see a lot of the highlights afterwards, highlights, lowlights, whatever you want to call them. And if people are, if there are swing voters basing their position on that race based on the debate, um, it was it was tough to watch. Yeah, I, there were a couple of moments where, like, oh god, this it's uh, it's just not. He's just he's just struggling right now, and and you know, depending how depending how cutthroat you are about politics, you almost I mean, and sometimes I, you almost felt a little bad, but. And and I mean I guess there's certainly an argument out there that look that shouldn't determine who you vote for or or you know because it impacts speech it shouldn't um, you know change but the I mean the reality of the the reality of the matter is if you're kind of forecasting what's going to happen in that race um, people who the people who watch that are going to be impacted by it I would be shocked if they weren't. Which, you know, it is something that he got up and, and, you know, we can't get a debate between the gubernatorial candidates in, in Nebraska. <laughs> and he got up in that one and they had to know, like they had to know that it was not, that it was not going to go particularly well, but they still did it. You know, your candidate, you know, yeah. like you, you know what their capability is, how they're going to perform. Yeah. But it was, uh, it was just tough. It was tough to watch. Uh, in a lot of ways, and so there, there's a big part of me that thinks that might be one that uh, that the Republicans end up getting that they might not might not have gotten otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. We'll see. But maybe you know, I think there's probably already early voting that had happened, so maybe a lot of votes had already come in, and and so that'll make that a different situation. And I think you still have a, a bunch of just partisan votes. That's also true. There are some people who, no matter what, wouldn't change yeah, so, their so it's, it's change what, their, their vote anyway. It's what just percentage those, of those were waiting to see? If how it's that go. close, though, it's this, where the swing voters yeah. go with uh, with this whole thing. Uh, and then moving over to the House, there were a bunch of other debates last night too. Uh, but moving over to the House, and uh, Fox has new power ranking. They call them power rankings, but it's just kind of the likelihood in terms of uh, where the balance of power is going to be and. There is a path for the Democrats in the House, but it's looking like a little bit of a Hail Mary now. Right now, Democrats do still have a small pathway to holding on to the House, but it is getting slimmer. The latest Fox News power rankings show that in the best case scenario for Democrats, they could achieve a two-seat majority. For Republicans, a superb night would mean walking away with 32 seats on top. So in terms of movement this week, the forecast is showing four northeastern shifts in favor of Republicans, three of them in districts in New York and a lot of factors at play here, but also a potential trickle-down effect from that tightening race for governor in New York. Big news in a state with such a highly uh, densely populated Democratic areas. Yeah. So, I mean, the House is looking very good for Republicans right now. I guess you still never know. Uh, but the House is looking very good. And so then it comes down to the Senate, and that really that really is going to be determined by what happens by a handful of, uh, of, of states that could still go either way, and Pennsylvania is one of them. Um, I'm not sure how much that is the case after last night, but then Georgia, uh, what Nevada is one of them as well. Ohio, uh, there's there's a handful of them uh, that are still at least the experts think that are still in play, and you know those are you're you're talking you're talking a lot of fifty one forty nine fifty fifty scenarios mm-hmm. with with those because there's just fewer races. It's not the you know thirty 
30 uh, member majorities that could swing either way on that one. Uh, all right. What else do we have? Uh, nationally. So I thought this was really weird. A, bun- a bunch of uh, progressive House members got up and a uh, couple of days ago and they were like, uh, hey, we need to be negotiating directly with Russia. And they had this letter to the president about it. And I was like, what in the crap are they doing exactly? Like, it was just bizarre. And it was it sounded like terrible ideas. And <laughs> turns out the, the, they also thought so, too. And they're like, why do we even do that? Ukrainian lawmakers are telling Fox that they are shocked and disappointed by the events. Progressive caucus chair Pramila Jayapal is really in cleanup mode here in Washington, officially withdrawing a letter signed by herself and 29 progressives urging the president to directly engage Russia and strike a peace deal. The members cite the tens of billions of dollars Congress has spent on weapons and humanitarian aid. However, this letter has sparked some pretty fierce backlash within the Democratic Party. In fact, Congressman Jake Auchincloss, a former Marine, tweeted, this letter is an olive branch to a war criminal who's losing his war. It was, it was weird, and especially two weeks before an election what are they doing jeez that was stupid so bad a lot of people uh, need to hire us to, to man, run their, their community right i mean jeez <laughs> uh and then this story in nebraska here in in our state is uh making some national news uh a body found in a, in a trunk after an accident and the background just behind that entire story 17 year old tyler rowens was discharged from a nebraska hospital and is being held in hall county after police say he killed his mother her body found in the trunk of his car after he crashed in southern nebraska rowens has been charged as an adult in the death of 49 year old michelle rowens he faces an extradition hearing friday the harris county sheriff's office says the two were reported missing from their home October 13th by the teen's father. Investigators have said Michelle Rowens died from strangulation and blunt force trauma. Lee Silicera, Fox Jeez. News. So the, the, so the Harris County Sheriff's Office in Texas notifies State Patrol that the car might be up there. Car State Patrol locates the car, tries to pull it over, driver flees, rear ends a semi, crashes into a tree, Take him to a hospital at that at that point, um, and and released after that. Um, but the details, you know, in terms of what happened between leaving Texas and uh, being in that accident in the pursuit with the state patrol, there's a lot to be filled in there. But um, obviously, a, a terrible situation there. Um, all right, moving on to to a couple of other things. Uh, let's see, those of you who are uh, who are using Amazon to buy uh, gifts this holiday season. Maybe it'll have a new payment method that is popular among a lot of people. Have you ever said, "Ah, I wish I could use Venmo on Amazon? Really? No, you're going to be able to. Amazon has started accepting payment with Venmo. Some customers in the U.S. will be able to pay for things with the popular service now. Others will have the option by Black Friday, November 25th. Amazon users will need to set it up as a payment option. They'll be prompted to authorize Amazon to use their Venmo account. PayPal, Venmo's parent company, has been working with Amazon to provide the payment service since last year. Amazon previously had preferred credit or debit cards and gift cards for payment. Ginny Cosola, Fox News. Now I'm wondering when Venmo becomes more kind of ubiquitous as uh, being able to pay at like point of sale type places. Uh, there are a couple of places in Lincoln where you can 
use the Venmo app yeah. to pay like for groceries or goods or something like that, but not many. And I wonder if that's something that'll come of. That's what a lot of people were using. And obviously it was more, more person to person than, right. than going through and, um, have being at like a cash register, but the mother of all garage sales. Oh yeah. When we hosted that and went through, cause I, I grabbed a couple things for, for my daughter and it was, Hey, here's the Venmo. So you pull nice. it up and you pay and I like it when I've got money in my account. That's helpful. When I don't, I just soon use my debit card, I guess, then at that point, because it's the same thing. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, that's the time that you want to actually, you want to actually use it. Uh, well, one way to put some more money in your account, win Powerball. Ooh, yeah. We got a, we it's got, high enough to start playing everybody. Yeah, it's, I think it's time to say, this is the amount of money I'm willing to win, okay? Perhaps. As of midday Tuesday, the Powerball jackpot was up to $700 million. The cash-out prize would be about $335 million. The odds are in almost no one's favor, as evidenced by the fact that it's grown to this amount. No one's picked all six winning numbers since August 3rd. But at some point, someone has to win, right? Even with the odds being one in 292 million. Powerball is played in all states but five. It is also played in D.C., Puerto Rico, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. I don't care. Jessica Rosenthal, Fox News. So... Is this, ta- is, this the, is this a number where everybody starts where everybody starts getting a ticket and people are in the office, they're getting 20 tickets and, and splitting them, or do you have to get it to a billion for that now? Have we hit a new threshold where Wait, you have to so, get there? Because how much are tickets again? $2? $2. So one in $292 million, so let's just say three. Spend, spend the almost $600 million. <laughs> just... Put every possible well, combination. Wasn't, wasn't it the Mega Millions? Wasn't there? Uh, wasn't there some business owner? What was the business owner who, uh, who who bought a ton of them and said he was going to divide it between the employees? You remember that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mega Millions. I don't remember who it was exactly, but nonetheless, uh, that's and, what you got to do when you have that one that's like one point six billion. You go, well, I can make some money on this. <laughs> Uh, so there you go. You can still get those. It's tonight, I think, right? The drawing yeah. is Wednesday. Put it on credit. Yeah. Uh, no, you, a lot of places have signs that says you can't do that. Cash. You got to use the got to use debit card or cash. Uh, <laughs> got a Star Wars uh, nerd thing for you, Caleb. Yeah, I uh, bet I know about it already. All right, well, hear it again then. The Star Wars animated series Tales of the Jedi begins streaming on Disney Plus. The anthology series each episode tells a short story featuring. Jedi's from the Star Wars prequel trilogy era. I've been warning them about the coming darkness. Let's hope all that training pays off. The show will feature Bryce Dallas Howard as the voice of Yaddle, a female version of the species that the iconic Yoda character comes from. Michelle Polino, Fox News. That's from the pod racing era. Oh, that was the last one I saw. So good. I, yeah, could actually, I was trying to help you out with where it was. I haven't watched it for a long time. Is there a Jar Jar Binks episode? I hope so. All right. Should have still made it. Are you going to watch this? Yeah, I'll absolutely watch oh, this. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. All right, 654. We'll take a break. Nerd. Yeah, thanks yeah, for you, that. you said it, not okay. me. All right, uh, we'll take a break. 654. We've got Officer Chad coming up next on KLIA. They done it. And now LPD needs your help. Crime Stoppers on LNK Today. 656 LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN. Officer Chad in the house right now. Good morning, Joe. We're talking superhero movies. 
Uh, yeah, Black Adam book movies. Awesome. So he's given Black Adams yeah. high, Black Adam high marks there. John yeah. Baylor said the opposite yesterday. So we give both sides of the story. I, you balance. know, he's entitled to his opinion, he and he can be as wrong as he yeah. wants to be. Ooh, wow. Hey, hey j- just real, real quick. I, I know I'm not even asking for like, you know details, but just reaction. All the first responders, everything happening with that fire situation on on Sunday. I'm just uh, um, just curious about. You know, just thoughts about dealing with something like that when you're watching all these people dealing with that. Well, luckily, I I wasn't working that mm-hmm. night, um, but it it's honestly a little bit humbling not just to see the uh, response from the first responders, which they did an outstanding job, uh, clearly, but the community members. Yeah. You know, we got how many private citizens out there in their their own personal tractors, their own implements out there doing what they can to knock down these fires. Um, this actually happened up close to my hometown, uh, David city, and it almost affected one of our officers. He just about lost his house. Thankfully, farmers with discs, tractors got out there and, yeah. and saved his entire property. So yeah, it was a real um, team effort between people yeah. on the job and people who were just trying to, yeah, trying to help. So it's, it's humbling and, and kind of makes you happy, I guess, to yeah. know you live in that kind of community. Agreed. So. Agreed. All right. What are we doing with Crime Stoppers this week? Uh, first one we have is ATM. We're going to call this one another time, maybe. Um, this one's getting to be a problem. We're having a group of people here in town that are using stolen pickup trucks to break into ATM machines. This time they tried to hit the bank near 17th and South, the uh, Westgate Bank. Used some J-hooks on a stolen Dodge um, 1500 pickup truck. Did their best, made four or five attempts to break into the vault on the ATM. Thankfully, we were Jeez. unsuccessful and they got scared off. The video, you've got to see the video. Yeah, the, the video is actually pretty telling. Um, they do a ton of damage, not just to the vehicle, but to the ATMs. We're estimating almost $100,000 damage. Jeez. Yeah, they, they destroyed this thing. Luckily, didn't even get oh. into the vault. Jeez, we just floored it and tried to pull it out of there. And well, jeez, not not his pickup. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, what else we have? Uh, next one we have is church visitor. Uh, we had a bunch of families at the Christ Christ Place Church at Eleventh and Old Cheney. Um, had a van pull into the parking lot. Somebody gets out and starts breaking out windows and just grabbing their stuff from inside. If we know who this is, we'd like to find out. All right. Uh, some good pictures there. Again, so check out Lincoln Crime Stoppers. Find out how you can help. Give a tip there if you would like to and help LPD out with closing these cases. All right. Thank you very much, Chad. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you Thank next you week. All right. 35 degrees in the capital city with Chap Chad Wednesday. It's coming up next. 7 o'clock. K-L-I-N Lincoln. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. 
Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. It's time to get it off your chest with What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday. Call or text the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline at 402-479-1400 to tell us what's chapping your hide. Ah, yes, it is time to jump into What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday. Those little things kind of build up during the course of the week. Sometimes, maybe people around you not that receptive and hearing you, they may call it whining. We call it getting it off your chest and making yourself a more pleasant person, getting that stress out of there into the ether and going on about your day. What chaps you on Wednesday? You can get a hold of us in a couple of ways. Phone line and text line from Rick Stein Recognition is open at 402-479-1400. I have a mea culpa to make. Uh, apparently, I didn't hit send when I posted the Facebook post yesterday because I didn't make it. Uh, but Or maybe it was just uh, Zuckerberg's product not working very good. Well, uh, I'll, I'll uh, second that. Uh, we'll just blame it on Zuck. Uh, so I, that's uh, that's on me. That's uh, my chat. So there's no Facebook post this week, and that is that is on me. And so we we got we got room for y'all. Maybe it's just going to be the three of us here really jumping in because we usually get a wealth of info from our Facebook page. But we can start with the uh, we can start with some of the chaps on the text line right now. Midtown Dave starts us off. He said the effort it takes. To read or figure out food expiration dates. This is actually a really good one. There are a couple. So, I, 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 my, my family would tell you, um, I am not like the the you know most clean organized guy. If you would go down to my office, if you would look at my my closet, you would you would see that. But I have got something about the kitchen. This is when you like eating, I guess this is where your passion lies. But I I get a little uh I, I get a little uncomfortable. I get jumpy when the fridge and the pantry becomes such a mess with stuff that you can't find anything in it. So about once every three, four weeks I have to go do an, a major reorganization, a major clean of the fridge, freezer, and pantry where we have So it looks a lot like your of office food. then. Every, everything in its place. Uh, d- well, it looks better. I like that. For some reason, that's a passion of mine when it comes to food. I mean, you probably oh. can figure out why. But part of that is is one of the things I love to do is if there's clutter, there's stuff in there that we're not going to use, getting rid of it. There's As I've aged in my life, the joy that comes along with getting rid of clutter and not just having it to have things to have them when they're never going to get used as something I've appreciated much more than I ever have before. I love getting rid of stuff now uh, that is just cluttering stuff up, and that includes this. So I'm always trying to find if there's anything that's expired that I might be able to say, okay, this is not safe for my family to eat. This, you know, this uh, this can of corn is from the the, the uh, George W. Bush administration, essentially. So we'll go through there. But but Midtown Dave is exactly right. There are some products where it is darn near impossible to find and or read what the expiration date is on those things. There's some of it they put some of they put them in a fine spot, but some of them they make it so difficult to find and read, and then compound it with my increasing need 
for uh, for either reading glasses or to take my own glasses off to read small print. And it's it's an exercise in futility at some point now. Well, there is an app that will help you do that. I can't remember the exact name, but you can point it at and then expand it. And Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe I... Maybe I need to try Mag- that. Magnifier, I think it's... And then sometimes I just don't know if I believe... Here's the other thing about expiration dates. There are some, you know, like on a, some meat, it'll say user freeze by this date, but then on some other meats or other products, it'll be a sell-by date, right? Right. Which feels different to me than a use or freeze-by date. The sell-by date doesn't help me as the consumer. All that, that helps the grocery store, Okay. So make it practical for me. What what I have to do the math outside of the sell sell by date to figure out when I can or can't use this. And you know some things I'm not too like. There are some things where I'm not that worried about expiration dates, but like you know chicken and stuff, I'm a lot more I'm a lot more touchy about that. And that's usually when you see those things. And so then well, what you need to do is you know we we advertise some of these on our national advertising. You can get the the um, Patriot Pack uh, Forever Food Supply that's shelf ready twenty five years from now. That's right. Uh, right. And I think. I think. Between that and Sean Hannity selling guns, and uh, I think there's dehydrated water in Seb some of Gorka, some of those kits. Seb Gorka flipping his whatever scam that is. I've got <laughs> some dehydrated water for you right here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, OG Steven says chaps getting a flat diet coke. Well, you're you're drinking Diet Coke. That's your problem. I mean, oh, I said it. I said, listen, I'm team, and this is not me being a Pepsi guy. I am a full team Coke Zero guy. I am I, I, Coke. I know they made a mistake when they went all in in 1985 uh, or whenever that was and went to New Coke, but but Coke Zero should replace Diet Coke. Coke Zero should become the ubiquitous one, in my opinion. It's a superior beverage. It is the it is the superior of all of the diet colas. I'd I'd rank it so far ahead the of the diet Pepsi and, and only a, you only find a few places that actually have it. It's exciting when you come across it when they've got it on the fountain. Uh, Chris says my son's favorite regular plain Fritos are currently not available in yep. any store here at KC. This becomes an issue during chili season. Okay. There were no regular Fritos in the store on Monday when I was there either. It, so it's this it's it's hilarious because uh, the first day this was like three weeks ago. But you remember we had that random day where it was like really really cool for the first day after it had been in the nineties, and I went to the grocery store and I actually took a picture and I posted it of the canned chili beans aisle, Gone. and it like looked like a tornado had been yeah. through there. <laughs> I mean, the, the reflexive nature of this community to make chili when it's cold outside. And I know there's some people who say, well, you don't put beans in chili. Well, whatever. Some people do. Evidently, some people at the grocery store do. But they will wipe out the beans. They will wipe out the Fritos um, and any other product that is chili-centric, like the tomato sauce and, and those sorts of things. And it'll take, you've got to have stockpiles on stockpiles of those when chili season comes. Now, We've got a little bit of a solution at our house because um, sometimes we buy uh, the kids like those uh, little small bags of chips you can buy. Right. It's kind of a scam because you're paying way too much for them, but it keeps they're eating less, less of a less, less healthy amount of these chips, and they're not cluttering up nearly as much. My half open bag of chip that gets stale in the thing, <laughs> but the thing is, they never they'll eat the Doritos, they'll eat the Cheetos, they'll eat the potato chips, they'll everything. Nobody wants just a bag of Fritos. 
which actually works out great because I have built my own bunker of small bags of Cheetos based on that over the course of this last Cheetos year. Or, or Fritos. Fritos, I'm sorry. Fritos. So when I make chili tonight for the game, which we are doing, <laughs> I'm going to try and I'm gonna fish all of those out. That was decided last night. Nice. That was decided last night. What do you, I got what, it. What do you put on chili besides Fritos? Sour cream, shredded cheese, and, uh, and Fritos. Yeah. And chopped onions? You ever do that? No, but I usually have onions in my recipe. Yep. I suppose I, like, I could. I like chopped onions on top, too. I suppose I could. Sure. Chili's a funny thing because it is. It, it, there's really no other food where, you know, all kinds of foods people try to make. They're like, yeah, you know, I'm okay at this. This is good. Yet, like, 80% of the population thinks they're an elite chef when it comes to chili. <laughs> yeah. You ever notice that? There's no other There's no other food like that where so many are so confident that they are amazing at it, and myself included. Now, I do have some hardware that actually proves that. I did win a chili cook-off uh, once about four years ago, five years What'd ago. What'd that cost you? Nothing. It was at a, it was at a church. Ooh. It was at a church. It was at my church. Won it. I still have the trophy. Very proud of that. It's good. It's very good. Oh, nice that you got a participation trophy. Uh, Caleb, <laughs> did you say you have a... Uh... Yeah, I've got a chat. No, it, I, they voted on it. Pumpkin patch prices. Ooh, okay. So... It's where demand meets price. So here's the thing. I had a... We had a great time. We went to a pumpkin patch this last weekend. It was a lot of fun. Kids two and under are free. We're in a fantastic position right now. Yep. But when she turns three, why has she suddenly cost more than $30 to get into some places? What? At a pumpkin patch? Yeah. It, be, it immediately becomes all person's price. Jeez. Not a kid's price, and then an adult's price. It's an all-person's the price. The kids are the ones who are really doing the wear and tear in that place, probably. Cool. The kids are the reason I'm going to have to spend money in that place. Uh, that, 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 honestly, they That's should make the kids. In business. They should make the kids. Uh, the, yeah, three to twelve, the most expensive ones, probably. <laughs> but yes, there, there's just there's something as I look at all of the things that are three and under are free or two and under are free. So then I start planning out in the future. What are things that that we can do on a reasonable budget? I'm like, well, we got to cross that one off the list. Yeah, like, you, you yeah, turn. You're, you're not tur- crossing it off the list. I like think, you're in D. No, you turned three. We're never coming back here till you're 15. <laughs> I just realized again one of these sunrise sunset things as my kids get older. I think I'm going to go without going to a pumpkin patch this year for the first time in a decade plus. No, 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 no. What? Millie's birthday last year. Yeah, I know, no. This is going to be the first year. Oh, the first year. Oh, yeah, yeah, we yeah. went to that. I know. I I, I I know every birthday she's had been at a has been at I a pumpkin like, patch. I was like, I got you to a pumpkin patch. No, this year. is the first year in like okay, decades yeah. that I haven't been to one. Uh, OJ Steven, little DMV action here. He says people aren't willing to make an appointment for the DMV that don't understand how much easier it makes it for them to go get in and get services. Good to remember. Uh, Craig says the high V is 70th and pioneers, maybe others food aisles are numbered starting with one on the East and going West checkout lanes are numbered with one starting on the West <laughs> and going East. I got to be honest. I've been there a bazillion times and I have never noticed that. I haven't either, but whether, but I will tell you what, and I've got a, a, a retail one that applies to many places. We got the self checkout thing now. Okay. And I get it. And sometimes I like going to it. I like just not having to wait in line and not going through the pleasantries and just be able, cause I got a few, just a few things, whether it's a, a hardware store or a grocery store or, or wherever, but there are some businesses where it doesn't matter what you do. It is going to turn that light on that. You need assistance. That something is going to go wrong 
when you need assistance. No matter how experienced, no matter how smooth you are with it, for no reason, it's just going to say, uh, item unrecognized, beep, 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 and then you're looking around for somebody to try and help you, and then they come in and they punch in their eight-digit code. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> that I mean, constantly. And uh, have you tried any of the new scanning goes? I've seen those, too. So, like... I know, so Sam's, I've done it at Sam's, that's the play, but they've had that for quite a while on their app. Like, I know Hy-Vee is starting to encourage people, but I don't think, I don't know if anybody's doing it. I I got the app, and then it was asking me to set it up, and it was a, something was a pain, and then I quit doing it, so I haven't done it yet. I've but. used uh, the one for gas at Sam's. That's the only one I use. Yeah, that one's good. That one's good, too. I like the scan go concept. I'd like more of that. I'm very interested in that. Let's do... Uh, Eliminate the line, just take a picture and and head out. That's pretty good. I like it at Sam's. Uh, all right. Anything else? Anybody else wants to uh, throw in the mix here Facebook. for what Chapter Hide Wednesday? What Facebook. about Facebook itself? Chapter Hide, big time. You're still you're still a big Facebook guy, huh? What's well, what's, what's the problem the, now? The problem is is that I'm considered an administrator. I think on seven or eight different pages now, yeah. and they've changed the way they deal with businesses. And you can't find anything. You got. Oh, it's you, a pain. It is. A, you, you log in, and sometimes you're logged in as something else that you. It's just awful. Yeah, that's true. The other, how many times have you tried to, if if you're in that situation, how many times have you tried to make a post as your page, like as the KLIN page, right? and you instead made it as yourself on the page? That's, or, that, that's it. Or something and like and that. quite frankly, you know, the LNK Today with Jack and Friends page, I tried to find a post for chaps today, and I couldn't even. That's because I messed it up. No, I couldn't even find past posts. <laughs> yeah, we need a uh, back to the simplicity on on that whole thing. All right, there you go. That is uh, what chaps your eye Wednesday. I will have a Facebook post next week. I apologize. I don't know what that was. I just think I did couldn't find the send button on that one. It's okay. We forgive. No, you. it's the new way they've set up their business pages. Maybe that is it. That probably is it. Those kicked in last over the weekend, I think. It's probably their fault now that you mention it. All right, it is uh, 724. We will take a break. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. All right, let's get things started today with... Number five. University of Florida going to start enforcing a decades-old prohibition against indoor protests following the demonstrations back uh, earlier this month when Nebraska U.S. Senator Ben Sass was on campus interviewing. Uh, he's the sole finalist for the job, but students weren't happy with it. University president, in a letter to the university, said... Uh, 
it made it difficult to hear the senator's responses. Kid, uh, students were banging on walls, windows, and desks, and everything. Um, Sass's opinions and positions on same-sex marriage, LGBTQ issues, uh, tenure for faculty, yeah. all uh, an issue. So, you know, I... There were there are some people there who are mad at saying it's taking First Amendment right. I mean, there's there's certainly an argument to be had that this is just a reasonable restriction on time, place, and manner, so that you know you can't shout over other people so that they can't be heard. All that aside, though, Mark, I can't imagine this is going to do anything other than embolden the people who don't like what's happening right now oh, on that yeah. campus when they're told you can't go in the buildings now. And, and do these protests um i don't know it feels like i feel like this just sets it up to be more of a circus next time that he goes down there and and does this whole thing um we'll see you know we'll see but it's uh and you've got the potential of a faculty no confidence vote from the faculty senate as well that's something that's being discussed here at this point it does make you wonder how far down the road this thing actually is is it a is it a sure thing how much of a sure thing is it if you've got faculty and and you know a, a number of students um who are who are making noise about this are the trustees going to say wait may, you know maybe we ought to think more about that i don't know i don't know what the answer is on that whole thing and i frankly don't know you know what the it, it may be a very small small group you know, considering the entire university of students who are passionately against this, uh, but I, I don't know. We'll wait. We'll wait before we assume that this is a done deal. Uh, let's see how the next couple of weeks go there. Well, you've also got to figure that the uh, search committee, whether it was vetted through a, a national search firm and then the, the various uh, parts of the university uh, administration. Uh, how good a candidate's uh, pool there was. I mean, right? You know, weren't there ten other ones or ten other semifinalists? I thought there was, all, I thought there was twelve uh, that actually either interviewed or were in the finalist yeah. pool, and Sass was the only one that was named publicly. As and that's their process. They, you know, they can do it any way they want right. to. I like. You just wonder if there's some point where the, uh, I don't know if this is what the. You know, the leadership, the the selectors in this whole thing, if they anticipated this, if it's going above and beyond what they anticipated, or if they're even close to a point where they say, hey, uh, let's, just, let's just not mess with this stuff now. Let's go a different direction. I, I, I don't know, but I'm not assuming anything here at, at this point until he's actually, you know, he's got that seat. And and then we start talking about the, the implications going forward after that of the vacant Senate seat. Uh, the governor, all of those, all of those things as well. Now, I mean, there is an interesting scenario here. If, for whatever reason, and I do still think this is unlikely, but but if for whatever reason they would decide to go another direction after going through this whole process with him, it wasn't like if he goes back to the Senate now <laughs> at this point after after pretty clearly wanting to leave. Well, for this he, job, you know, he's got the six-year term. I, I'm yeah, ass- he's got I'm, a lot of years left. I'm, I'm assuming that he would step back in there and go to work, especially if the Republicans uh, take over the majority. That's true. I mean that that changes the dynamics. That's true. Of the, could be a could be a little bit of a better job then. And I mean, him. he he had a pretty high, you know, he got some uh, what do you call it? Uh, 
longevity on what judiciary and and uh, intelligence, I believe, yeah. isn't he? Uh, yeah, I just I don't know. Like, there's a part of me that wonders if he's kind of hit a spot where he said it's kind of it's almost it's it's very difficult, if not impossible, or I don't want anymore to try and be what I believe is a, a Republican that is not somebody who is kind of a, a Trump Republican, or, essentially. Or this was just the, the once or maybe twice in a lifetime opportunity that w- he would be interested in as a university president. Maybe that's it, too. Maybe that's it, too. I don't know. But, le- like, let's see. Let's say that Florida decides to go a different direction. Is any other university going to call, then? I mean, he said he had a lot of opportunities, but is anybody going to want to mess with that on their campus? Oh yeah, there'd there'd be several. Is there? Yeah, right. I mean, you take you take colleges like Hillsboro or um, Hillsdale, Hillsdale, great, and, great law school, haven't you heard? And uh, well, there's what the stop it. Well, I'm still bitter. Oh, I am still bad. Yeah, yeah. I hope Grony's listening today. I'm still bitter about that one. <laughs> ripping, ripping the law school I went to for a school that doesn't even have a law school. <laughs> Number four. Mickey Joseph slipped up in his role as Nebraska's uh, interim head coach. He actually responded to a reporter's question and comment about uh, Malachi Coleman verbally committing to the Huskers last Saturday. Uh, the first day, of course, he can sign his letter of intent is December 1st, but NCAA, uh, December 21st, NCAA rules prohibit coaches from commenting on unsigned prospects. Yeah. This is a big deal. So I was listening to this, uh, the the broadcast of this while I was driving yesterday, and it was like all in slow motion because, Caleb, for, I mean, to, at some point when you're in media and you interview coaches, you kind of have it pounded in your head that don't ask them about specific recruits because they can't talk about it. And it yes. just makes it, it's it's an awkward, unproductive place to go. Right. And so you and I have interviewed enough coaches. We've got that. And so my immediate reaction, it was like in slow motion. I was like, no, don't answer. What's the reason behind this so rule? It's, uh, it, so Caleb, go ahead. So you can the, probably the, the, talk the to reasoning it for it is that essentially you can... And now, right now, people think that it doesn't matter because Malachi committed to Nebraska. Well, he's not signed. He can still be recruited by other schools. In in a, in, a, in essence, it would be like a tampering with recruiting. And one of the things that if you're allowed to just talk about unsigned prospective student athletes, you could go up on the media and just be talking about someone, whether or not they were committed to you. You could be saying, well, we've got a place for so-and-so, even though they're committed to Kansas or Iowa. Yeah, it's just NCAA trying to yeah. con- like control it from being like the, the are, wild, wild west, recruiting through through media yeah, interviews. As if the NCAA. Exactly. Right. That's a yeah, fair point. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the, the NCAA. End of the day, there's going to be Nebraska will self-report that because it, they did commit a violation, and there will be a wrist slap. It, it might be they might lose uh, a recruiting contact which you've already got that recruit supposedly in the bag as a commitment. Right. So it's not going to be anything that's going to hurt, but one, and it was a young reporter who I don't think knew the rule, now does know the rule. Oh, I now, bet he does. Now does know that. And I, and I hope that uh, my fellow media members who were there were not too harsh on him 
Oh, I bet there were a few that got very scoldy. Yes. So I feel for him there because there's nothing that you or I or any of us can, can say or post online that isn't, isn't going to make him right. feel much worse than he did probably yeah. in that moment immediately. But on the other side of it, Mickey Joseph, who has made his mark as an elite recruiter and even as an assistant coach, that's the rule. Caleb. You can't talk about it. So on, on both ends, it's the question shouldn't have been asked, and then it definitely shouldn't have been it's, answered. It's but not, going forward, nothing's really going to come from this. Sounds to me like a really stupid rule. Yeah, yeah. I mean... It's a rule you could probably yeah. do without, but it is the rule. Yeah. Well, I understand that, but... but the, 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 and then the other thing, let's not try... There's no... I, I mean, I haven't seen in anybody in in media trying to like blow this up as an anti Mickey thing that no. I mean it's well in in locally uh, no no one's really running with it just because it's a okay it happened we right. know they're going to self report ESPN has got an article up on it, it, it so you're seeing it pop up in a couple yeah. places and we're just like all I right. just I I freaked out just because I just because I didn't know what the ramification was I was like no I like I don't want it to hurt anything with you know with the program or or that specific recruit or anything like that and I don't think it will so the thing that made it most awkward for me is that normally when you hear about a vi- like a team committing a violation it's it's well after the fact it's okay well they had this illegal contact right. they had too many coaches at a practice or weren't supposed to be having practices or something like that. We were watching a violation happen in real time, right. and that's the part where I was like, uh, It'll be fine. Okay. It'll, it'll be fine. It, it won't be a, a huge deal. Uh, listen, and I honestly, let me, let me give you my hottest take of the whole thing. That is, there's a part of me that would be unbelievably shocked if Mickey Joseph doesn't fully know that he can't do that. And the same red flags... Just, I mean, I'm not a head coach. You're not a head coach. The red flags went up with us as the question was asked. Yeah. Uh, there's a part of me that thinks that had to happen with him, too. He's just going, I'm, and, a, I'm a brag about it. And he's just it. like, you know what? There's some message that I want to get out right here. That that scenario is becoming larger in my, you know, in my... And, and what did he say after it? He said, I mean, he used it to say... He said, Malachi wasn't in six months ago, so you put the pieces together. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, and you can you can interpret that however you'd like to, but maybe that was a message was maybe he wanted to get that out there, and that was important to him. And, I I don't know. I mean, there's with as, as embedded he's been in the recruiting world, and I know he's not been a head coach standing in front of a podium. But listen, his is I mean his job you know two thirds of the year has been recruiting. And talking about recruiting, you can and you can take that slap on the and, wrist in order to get your message out and say we are coming after the best recruits. Yeah, there. I would not be shocked if that was the case with this whole thing, but I'm not too worried about it. I'm not too fired up. I'm excited that Malachi's coming to Nebraska, and uh, let's go, let's go get him. Let's beat Illinois. Yep. yes. Number three. Brian Health purchased the Allstate campus. It's just south of uh, 84th and Van Dorn. Uh, on the east side, uh, Matt Olberding's got the story in the Journal Star this morning. 20 acres, two uh, buildings, 165,000 square feet of Ooh. office space. Jeez. Uh, it'll, uh, they'll, uh, over the next, uh, I believe, five years, they'll move their business and support functions for the growing health system uh, known as Bryan Health. Uh, purchase price, $16 million, but that uh, place has been pretty much empty since... Uh, there was, you know, the insurance companies yeah. that got bought and yep. bought, and then, then the was, pandemic. Has... They always mowed the lawn so nicely over there, I noticed. 
That's they, one thing they do I have one light on that uh, little sign out on 84th Street that, that comes on to light it up, and it's been flashing for the last. Well, listen, they've already got, I mean, boy, you're talking about expansion. They've already got a big kind of uh, area a couple blocks down from there on, yeah, on Pioneers, on 84th and Pioneers. Southeast Family Medicine yeah. and Brian Urgent Care. That's a big facility, too. It is. Um, so They're building some... the April Sampson Cancer Center, 40th and Rokeby. Yeah. They also bought, uh, you may recall, they're doing the remodeling of the Valentinos there at 70th and Van Dorn. Oh. They, that uh, that, they, one, they that one made a, me sad. They had a health clinic behind that area to the west, and they're, so they're moving it out onto Van Dorn. Uh, that one, that took the fun out of this story. Nonetheless, uh, yeah, good to have robust, uh, strong health systems here in this, in this city, uh, multiple of them, and uh, health care is in a, in a good place in Lincoln right now, so that's a good thing to be proud of as a city. Number two. It's already been a good, eventful volleyball season for the Red On Huskers. Tonight, the matchup has been circled on the schedule for quite some time. It's actually the rematch of last year's national championship game with Wisconsin, a team that Nebraska, despite success, hasn't beaten for five years. Nebraska has won 11 matches in a row, though, and they haven't given up a set for over three weeks. So, is the Wisconsin Hacks axed tonight? I think so, yes. I've got I've got wild confidence in this team right now. Unreasonable. You are the you are I, the wrong person. I am to go not to a good person to ask on on, on this thing. I mean, I just they're, they're just at, listen. I guess they could go in tonight, Caleb, and just have an off night and not play as well. But do they play like they're playing right now, Caleb? I, I just don't I don't see Wisconsin really having a shot. I mean, I I mean. If Nebraska plays like they can at their best, yeah, um, they're just they're playing at such a high level. Well, the, right the, now. the thing is, Nebraska's serving is better over this stretch right now than it was even at the beginning of the season. And Nebraska traditionally has been one of the better serving teams in the country, so you've got that going well. Nebraska is setting the middle better than they did even last year uh, when you know when you had Lauren Stiverin still around. Yeah, so that's a place that you got to get that going. Opens up your pin hitters a little bit. They've been spreading the ball around to Matty Kubik, Lonstein, Batenhorst. You've been you can go all the Krause, you can go all the way down the list of everyone who, if one's having an off night, you have several others that have been stepping up. Running that six two with Hames running around and Ani Evans most likely being the other one who comes in, and then Kenzie Knuckles and Lexi Rodriguez not letting anything drop in the back row. You put all of that together and it's hard to see a scenario where Nebraska is not the favorite to win the Big Ten championship, and that really takes hold with a win tonight in Madison. If Nebraska loses tonight, the Big Ten becomes pretty jumbled at the top. You know, yeah. it'll be it'll be really interesting. Nebraska is still certainly far from out of it, obviously, oh, yeah. with just a single loss. But if they win, chokehold time. That's what okay? it is. It's if they win tonight, it's chokehold time uh, on the rest of the Big Ten as you watch them slowly. Uh, slowly get choked out from this season. That's a little bit overly violent for that. Jeez. I, I, <laughs> little, little gross. <laughs> I have not been able to independently confirm, but I understand that there was a uh, brand new broom that went on the charter flight. Ooh. That'd be something. That'd be something. Not out of the question, I don't think, here tonight. But I do want to point out it's a late start. It's an 8 p.m. start for yeah. TV. We will have it here on KLIN and the KLIN app. Uh, pre-game with John and uh, Lauren Cook-West, 7.30. And then uh, at 8 o'clock, we'll get started with that uh, with that match here in K-Line. Until she's done, 
could be uh, well into the late evening hours. If it goes five sets, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a later than usual one for a lot of people. Number one, and I do have to make a correction. I was wrong yesterday. I said the Powerball was up to six hundred eighty million for tonight's uh, drawing. That is incorrect. It's now up to seven hundred million. <laughs> All right, uh, there you go. That's my threshold to play. Last time somebody won Powerball, August, the Pennsylvania resident scored two hundred six point nine million. But now seven hundred millions. Estimated jackpot drawing tonight. All right, this is uh, we're getting to that point where people start playing in uh, in huge numbers. No, not when, not when it's at two hundred fifty million, but when it's at seven hundred million, that for some reason is a completely different deal for people. So. <laughs> We're going to jump in, and uh, people will be watching that tonight. So good luck to everyone who plays Play Within Your Means. Uh, all right, 750. I don't know why I'm giving PSAs on this right now. Good, good job. Yeah, 756. Good, good message. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. All right, yeah, time to text in that keyword if you want a pick in Fantasy Huskers with a chance to win that prize package from Valentino's and Alumni Hall. Your keyword this pick is... Blue. B-L-U-E, blue, I assume. It's not... That's correct. Like, I like the color, yes. B-L-U-E. Not like the cheese. There you go. And you can, uh, if you get a pick, we're going to ask you to guess how many rushing yards Illinois gets net rushing yards against Nebraska. So be looking at your phones. If you text in the keyword, you may get a text back saying you are our picker for pick number six. Uh, all right. With that said, it is time to say hello to uh, Jason Peterson, Generate Marketing. We like to bring him in on to talk tech, gadgets, social media, marketing, and the like. Good morning, Jason. How are you doing? Hey, good morning, Jack. How are you doing, sir? I'm, I'm good. So I got this push notification this morning that apparently uh, Apple is going to have to start going to USB-C charging because the EU passed a law that mandates electric devices have a common charging standard and so apple has no choice at least in europe to make this available USB-C, to comply with the law there and it's something that doesn't really make financial sense to just do there and so probably starting next year the law goes into effect in 2024 starting next year the iphones are going to be usb charged and i assume they'll phase out then the lightning charge ports on their newer phones. Just kind of curious on on your reaction to this as we get closer and closer to a single standard uh, charging situation, thanks in in large part to the EU. Well, I I would say, Jack, fortunately, Apple was moving in this trajectory. Um, Most of the iPads, if not all of them now, use USB-C charging um, because Apple's kind of really tried to position they did some updates on the ipad too but the ipad's supposed to be kind of a 
quote, quote, hybrid laptop, uh, which is up for debate. But nevertheless, USB-C has been in the iPod or the iPads for two or three years now. So, um, I mean, honestly, you know, you and I have been doing this long enough that it was a massive pain in the neck when they switched out the old Apple connector back, you know, whatever the heck it was almost 10 years ago. Um, but needless to say, I do think this is a great thing. I'm, I'm actually really happy about this because USB-C has a ridiculous amount of flexibility in the type of devices that can be connected to it. And it's standard. So, so on the one hand, Yes, EU forced their hand, but ironically, this rumor of them switching this next iPhone to USB-C was already kind of uh, under the covers. So I'm, I'm, um, again, uh, it's it's a pain to have to <laughs> replace uh, cords and stuff, but I think long term, this is a really good thing that everybody's going to enjoy, not having to have some little like. Uh, special proprietary plug for your iPhone. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I'm excited about it. First of all, I've had, I've had a lot of problems with lightning cables. Um, Me too. Uh, yep. Just, I, I, like, I can't, you know, I, I can't get, there's a bunch of them I can't get a good charge with on my phone, and that might be part of my phone, but it just seems like those problems crop up with those a lot where yes. you got to have it in just the right position to get it charged. And then they do the thing where we, you've probably all had, whether it's an Apple one or whether it's a knockoff one, where the, uh, right below where it plugs in, where it'll start to strip the coating away on it. Yep. And, and exactly. I don't know, they just, it doesn't seem like it's a great, and I haven't had, and I've got, you know, other things that either charge with micro USB or, or, or the USB C's. And I just don't seem to have nearly those types of problems with those, with yeah. those things. As no, I, I agree. They've been notorious for wearing out. I can't count the number of lightning cables I've had to replace, but my USB C ones I have, I never do. Yeah. So I, I think to your point, Jack, they tended to be a little touchy. Um, you know, they were limited. Lightning was limited in terms of the kind of stuff you can do through it. I mean, you can run Ethernet. Like, literally, the amount of video connections you can do through USB-C, Ethernet. Uh, I mean, as you know, that's where you get these, you know, as, as as you know, I'm a PC laptop guy. Like, my Lenovo has, like, two USB-C ports. Yeah. There's no video. So all my video connections and my mirroring comes from that and you can do some of that with lightning but yeah i'm i'm i think this is a welcomed uh good thing uh across the board and even if people are cranking initially uh they're gonna like it long term and the, the only other thing i'll add on to this is and maybe this is true of USB-C cords too although i haven't seen it as much the the variety and quality and lightning cords depending on if you're you know spending 25 bucks and getting it from apple versus uh four bucks at the grocery store is wide right like yes there are absolutely. there are tons of them out there that just don't work at all and maybe that's also true of usb-c cords but again i just haven't had that experience with them so far. you know i as you know i used to shoot um all our stuff on a google pixel i now use iphone again for all our video production but I'm telling you, I've not had one USB-C cable, regardless of how cheap it is, not work. <laughs> it's been pretty yeah, great. That, so needless to say, yes, that's a that's a big change that will be coming down the pipe next year. That's, uh, again, I think it's a good thing for everybody around. So uh, we, we talk a lot about how, you know, just how smart AI is getting and, and uh, what that's going to mean for the future. And one of the 
One of the odd things that I know that it's out there that you you told me about is an opportunity that people who want to can start to basically create create an opportunity to talk to people who eventually pass away in their lives through the magic of AI. Tell us uh, about what this would look like exactly. Okay, I know this sounds like total like science fiction, but so as there is a techie term called natural language processing. And what that means in plain English is you can take video, email, transcripts written, and you create essentially a comprehensive language and a personality around sourcing that information. So, and again, we're going to debate. I can't say this is a good idea. If you were to ask me if I think this is a good idea, I'm not (laughs) sure it is. But nevertheless, what they're doing is they've already in beta form taken videos, taken email, taken anything that is has the voice of the individual and a comprehensive like personality. And then they create an AI. So it's like an Alexa. It's you can talk to mom oh and gosh. have a conversation and she's not around. And it would be like she would talk to you in the ways that she would have talked to you when she was not around or when she was, you know, obviously still still here. So it's it's like, I mean, again, uh, th- there's debate, obviously, of whether this is a healthy thing, <laughs> because I don't know if it really helps yeah. uh, with, you know, mourning the person. But nevertheless, how crazy is it, Jack, that we live in an era now where we could create a essentially an Alexa version of someone that we can chat with that could be based on all of the digital footprint of one of our loved ones that could live indefinitely. That is, yeah. that well, is crazy town. Yeah. And, and I know they were already doing the thing. I, I don't know if this rolled out yet, but there was talk months ago about um, echoes. You being able to put any voice in as the voice of the, the echo. Um, Correct. And so I don't know if that's even happened yet, but this just takes that even a further step where uh, you could have actually have interaction. And I'm with you. I don't <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like there's just a lot of unhealthy. But I don't know. Maybe it would comfort people somehow. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's I mean, at the end of the day. You know, it's, it's, I mean, I, I could envision this scenario. Let's say a kid loses his parents when they're 10 years old, you know, and, you know, okay, fine. Maybe there's a, some, some nuance, but I think, I think the lesson to be learned here is yes. Yeah. Uh, as I've told people, AI left the building a long time ago. Yeah. And like everything, like Jackie and I've talked about privacy and all this different stuff, there's always going to be, uh, tension and struggles and growing pains and the, the next growing pain we're going to deal with is AI. And as it, with everything that happens with innovation, there's going to be good uses of it and there's going to be bad uses. Mm-hmm. So I think it will be interesting to, as you and I continue to do this and watch and see what the heck shakes out with how the AI technology impacts and influences society moving forward. Um, uh, throughout every time there's a new kind of social media platform that gets popular, there's always this conversation about, well, this is how people get news now, right? They're getting, they're getting their news through Facebook instead of, you know, television in the newspaper. They're getting, they're getting news now through Twitter instead of cable TV or, or something like that. Um, but still there is one, you know, the TikTok is, is become a dominant, uh, social media site for a certain generation now, you know, way more than any of the other ones. Has that sort of news, um, 
uh, a news function for TikTok been something that's developing in the way those conversations we'd had about the other ones in the, the previous years? Yes, I think, Jack, it's like, what does they say? History doesn't repeat it rhymes. Mm-hmm. I think this is a classic example of TikTok. You know, Twitter began that, you know, Facebook kind of did, but Twitter sort of continued to own that ability for instantaneous, you know, news information, which, you know, I know you use a ton. So I think this is a, another example. Um, you know, I think for some of us that haven't used TikTok, you're like, what? How is that even possible? Um, but these shorter news reels, you can obviously, it's a little easier to click to, to connect to things, to go to stuff. Um, you know, it's, it's, Again, without question, the percentages of people that consume video on a daily basis, I think the Internet traffic statistic is like 80 to 85 percent of all traffic in some way, shape, sense or form includes video. So that being the case, it should not be a shock that content now on TikTok is going to evolve from people doing parkour and jumping around to (laughs) usage and so forth. That is more substantial and has has substance that is purposeful so uh yeah i mean like you know you know we're, we got a pulse on this but i think this is i think this is the horizon of tiktok jack that's going to help legitimize the platform for more of a business use i think that to me is the thing i'm watching for and this may be the beginning of that and because of you know the gen zers and below um you know as you know, you've talked with your son Johnny and all that stuff. Uh, this to me is good. I think going to be something really to pay attention to. And then, uh, last thing I wanted to get with you, I know Apple announced uh, last week or the beginning of this week, maybe it was that they're going to start increasing the prices on some of their subscription plans, including their their TV, their music, uh, the service. They're going to then make a bundle. They've got a bundle that includes several things that they're raising prices on. Uh, we've we've seen this with other services. I mean, it's obviously it's kind of natural this happens especially when you're in an inflation situation like this but you know i'm kind of curious is this just sort of a always just going to be sort of a a general increase in subscription fees across the board in these different things or do you think we're going to see more in in like specific areas of that entertainment bundle of the entertainment bundles and the options that are out there i think jack we are now seeing that the the you know (laughs) with the music companies and TV and all this stuff. What people have realized now is that broadcast content, content is the most valuable thing they have. So whether it's Netflix, whether it's Hulu, whether it's Spotify, the days of saving money and getting cheap content is just going to continue to go up. And it's because these people that produce the content know that's how people want it. So now that we're not dealing with CDs and we're not dealing with purchasing songs anymore and that kind of stuff it's inevitable um i think that you know ultimately i'm not super shocked because it you know it used to be when you cut the cord you could you know save all this money uh, kind of tough to do that now you can a little bit but it's not as easy as it used to be so i think this is just a trend where all of these companies now the the in-demand content business model has matured enough that now everybody realizes well gosh I can make more money by charging an extra buck a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and you extrapolate that over millions and billions of users. Well, then you're talking about those profit margins. Now, you're right. We are right now watching and witnessing for the first time in you know the 21st century where these large companies who have literally 
uh, been, you know, spending money like it's going out of style, they're having to clamp down. Like Google's had a huge increase in revenue, but now the profit margins aren't as good as they used to be. So I think in general, I don't think it's going to hit the pocketbook too hard, but I think we should just expect in general moving forward that content is not going to be as cheap as it used to be in every capacity. Right. And uh, we're just going to have to kind of watch and sit and, uh, you know, I guess be as as frugal and mindful of which areas are going to give you the best quality content. And, and last thought on that, you know, it's a little bit interesting because in the in the TV race, like those of uh, the video, so Netflix versus Amazon Prime versus Hulu, those sorts of things. You know, the interesting thing about that industry is you, you a lot of people have multiple of those, right? Just because you have Netflix yes. doesn't mean you don't have Apple Plus. On the music side of it, you probably get one or the other, most likely. Right. You probably do Spotify or you do Amazon or you do the Apple thing. So it's a little bit of a different market because people aren't signing on to both of those. And so maybe price point is more important. I don't know. That'll be interesting how that kind of shakes out. I agree. I mean, I actually have Apple Music and Spotify because for whatever reason, there's a bunch of music I want to listen to that's not on Spotify. Maybe it's because I have weird face. I have no idea. But it's it's. It's been interesting. We have Pandora. <laughs> we don't have Amazon Music. Um, so it is like, I, I think that's the part that, like you said, is um, I think you're going to continue to see where the content curators are going to make it difficult for one company to have the right. full market share. So right. I think you're going to see this exclusive content only available on iTunes or on Spotify. Yeah. I mean, they've done stuff already. It's just harder that, to do in the music world than it is with the video, so it'll be interesting to see how they have correct. to differentiate themselves. Absolutely. Uh, totally agree. Alright, uh, always good stuff, Jason, uh, with Generate Marketing. We always appreciate it. Good to talk to you again. We'll check in next month, alright? Sounds good, Jack. Good talking to you, bud. There you go, Jason Peterson. Generate Marketing. Probably get into some uh, tech Christmas gifts a month from now when we talk again or so. 826, we'll take a break. Selling K today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. He's been talking Huskers on the Nebraska airwaves for nearly three decades. It's Old Timers Day on the radio dial with former KLIN morning show sidekick, John Bishop. All right, 836 LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. 33 degrees this Wednesday morning, Nebraska, Illinois. 2.30 p.m. right here on KLIN. Chance for Nebraska to get their first win against a ranked team since Mike Riley did it against Oregon. That's right. It has been that long since that has happened, and there have been a whole lot of losses, some close, not uh, some very much not close during the interim. John Bishop joins us now from our sister station, 1620 The Zone. I know you know that to be true, mm-hmm. but isn't it still even a little shocking to hear it, even though we've all lived through it? It's more shocking to me that Illinois is a seven and a half point favorite that and and they and they are in a short list of teams to have been a seven point or greater favorite in Lincoln against Nebraska. The teams are Oklahoma, multiple occasions, Ohio State, multiple occasions, um, Colorado or not Colorado. I'm sorry, Missouri, Kansas State, USC, Wisconsin. 
and Illinois. That's it? That's it. That's At least the- since since 1998, that's as far back as my data goes. But I would bank that it's at least since 1961, probably even before that. Wow. Those are the only teams to be a seven-point or greater road favorite in Lincoln against Nebraska. Was, was, K-State, was K-State that kind of a favorite, the Callahan year, that Callahan beat them? Is that? Was the, that? The, the, yeah, yeah. The, uh, <laughs> Joe, the uh, Joe Gans game, yeah. yes. Yeah, they were uh, the Jordy Nelson I, game. Yeah. I, I think they were a seven or eight point favorite. So Nebraska that actually game. won remember, that one. Yeah, yeah, and Nebraska destroyed them in that game. You know, because he's a system quarterback. He's a quarterback <laughs> of the system. He's a good system guy. Um, but yeah, that that was that game, and then Missouri. They uh, came that in that was, night game. You and I, yeah, we did a pregame one for together for yeah. that one. That was when Chase Daniel was flying high, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chase they, Daniel went. Crazy they won big. Yeah, yeah, that was Bo's first year. But other than that, yeah, it's a. Uh, I mean, that's a that's a pretty elite club, and Illinois at least. And I'm looking at FanDuel right now, and it's still at seven and a half. So it's it's strange, but um, hey, this, that's this that is where is we are. Crazy. That, I mean, that's crazy that it's that yeah, just how how badly everything has gone, and that's still such a small list, honestly. Yeah, is, it is. is it's a, of, it's a it's a pretty small list, and it, like I said, it goes back to I would guess at least 1961, probably earlier than that. I mean, like if Nebraska would pull this off, obviously, but if, if you know things went right and they pulled this off, would this feel like? I mean, would this feel like that? Like the first a, a win against a ranked team that. Deserves to be celebrated? I guess maybe it would. I don't know, but how much, maybe how much is the fact just that it's Illinois to take away from that to some degree? Well, I, beggars I mean, can't it, be choosers it, at this point. No, I get it. No, but. no. And I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to set the bar and say that this is, uh, you know, that this is a loss or a win that you should, oh yeah, but it was only Illinois. But let's face it. I mean, that's what people do. They shop with their eyes right. and, and the eyes tell you, oh, that's Illinois and Illinois hasn't been great. Over the last few years, but it is what it is. I mean, they're number 17 and they are there for a reason. I think they, quite honestly, they should be undefeated. They had no business losing that Indiana game. That, that felt just really weird. Um, but they, you know, they, they've earned their spot and, and they've earned their place as being favored in this game. So absolutely it should feel like an accomplishment because it is. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just weird that it's Illinois. <laughs> it is. It's, it's just, weird that it's Illinois, but. Yeah. It also it, it it speaks to when you have you know when you hire a good coach and yeah. and and the guy's got a good plan and 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 he's it's got true. some players to run it that you know good things can happen. Doesn't, it doesn't have to take have a long to take time. Forever. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to take forever. Well, yeah. That was uh, last year against Nebraska in Week Zero. That was his debut, right? That was Burt's debut yep. with them, right? That was, Jeez. and 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 he would admit in the moment it would they weren't that great a team. Yeah, you know, but Nebraska um, just helped him out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They they definitely helped him out, and and so it, it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting because you know this game will be a, it's a it's a clash of styles, and and you know Illinois is running a style that you know Nebraska fans are very familiar with, but um, to see you know to see how Nebraska is going to deal with this, uh, considering that they've had struggles running the ball, they've had struggles stopping the run. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I'm not ruling out that they can't win this game. I think, I think there is a path to winning this game for sure, but it's, it's going to, it's going to require some things that Nebraska hasn't done very well or hasn't done at all this year. 
And, you know, if this if there was ever a time to show it, now would be the time. It'll be kind of interesting to see what the atmosphere of Memorial Stadium is is for this game. I'm I'm actually going to go to this game with with tickets as a as a fan. But I mean, you had you had still had big games last year. You know, the Oklahoma game was just so quickly the air got taken out of the place, uh, and and things were already weird at that point. You know, last year you had some some big games, some close games against ranked. That Michigan one was was obviously a, a huge one, um, and I guess that's probably you know you probably hadn't given up all hope on on a bowl and Big Ten West season before that game, but. Um, in some ways, just because the seasons have gone downhill so quickly, you haven't had many opportunities to have kind of like that later season big game atmosphere in Memorial Stadium, I where, where there's be, still something to win for. Where they're like, yeah, the Iowa oh, game last year, right? But the, the, I mean, that was about pride, essentially. Yeah, 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 that was pride, and you know, it's Black Friday, and you know, it's the last game, so you know, people are, you know, they they just want to be there. Um, but certainly, yeah, I think it'll be great because think about you know where where things were the last time Nebraska hosted a team in Memorial Stadium. There was talk in that moment that, man, if they don't win this one, they could go 1-11. Yeah. Yeah. And now, you know, since then, that narrative has obviously changed fairly dramatically. Uh, and 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 really, if, you, if you're looking at your path to getting to six wins, it, it, in, it includes winning at least one of these next two home games, this one or the one against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And this one certainly would be a bigger accomplishment given the um given the uh performance of Illinois so far this year so I, absolutely i think this will be a, a a really nice atmosphere because there's still a lot of things ahead of nebraska including dare i say the division championship i mean it's that's still out there and so yeah you can we can schedule all we can you know future schedule all we want and say well they're not winning this yeah. game and they're not winning this game but you haven't played them yet and I, right now as the path dictates because of the the relative weakness of this division you still have a lot of things left in front of you bowl game being kind of right. the, the low end of the the you know the goals list division championship being at the top of the list so it's all there it would be a, i mean it'd just be a bona fide big implications win in terms of what the rest of the season looks like um, well plus it, that it would it would throw it would continue to throw the division into chaos even if nebraska yeah. doesn't go on to win the division um you know then what happens right. you know purdue crawls back into it godforsaken wisconsin crawls back into yeah. it and everybody with the, probably the exception of northwestern crawls and back and it. it sets up some uh, uh, if, you, if you get this it sets up some uh, Especially rare, uh, fun, impactful late games at Memorial Stadium, uh, including the week after against Minnesota and then Wisconsin a couple weeks after that. Uh, Those take on a completely different feel than you've had in November games in Memorial Stadium in a long, long time. Uh, Listen, four four and one down the stretch uh, means that you, you have a shot. You know, you don't have to win all five to win the division. You'd need help with four and one, but four and one would would put you in a good spot to to have a chance oh. and 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 winning this and, game. And then you could point out, and I think I don't know. We talked about it on my show a couple of weeks ago, but right now, as it looks, the three win winnableist games, if I could use that mm-hmm. term, on the schedule are Minnesota. Wisconsin and Iowa based on how they have performed yeah, and where the Minnesota game is located and the Wisconsin game. But you get this one, then you quote unquote stolen one. Yeah. Then you get those other three. Forget about Michigan. I mean, you're, you're talking about having a shot on Black Friday to play for the division title. Yeah. 
A lot more fun, though, is that Nebraska has to win this game for there to be the possibility of a seven-way tie for the West Division, <laughs> yes. in, which, well, yeah, Nor- in which Northwestern wins the tiebreaker. Yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> that would be amazing. I'm going to go on a limb here and say that's not happening. Yeah, Don't there, put money on that at the War Horse. There are some weird results that needed to happen for well, that, Well, you too. can't put money on that at the War Horse oh, because... Right. Well, they don't have it up and running, the sports They don't yet. have the sports gambling and, uh, hey, well, yeah. Hey, uh, John, I wanted to ask you, I know a uh, lion's share of the talk about the press conference yesterday was about the the you know asking the specific question about a recruit, but there was like so it sort of buried the lead. I thought on on some other really interesting stuff in there. I, I'm just curious, you know, kind of put on your psychologist hat in this whole thing. How much different does Mickey Joseph sound just in terms of uh, of, of being the you know the not only the interim head guy but a candidate to be the next head coach? For instance, this Wednesday, then he did the first couple of times he took the podium to you as you've listened to him. Well, I think uh, I, I still wonder at the very beginning of this process if if he was really interested in being the head coach. Um, I think it's been made pretty clear now by this and and other you know things that have been said or other pieces of evidence that that he certainly is a candidate he's a solid candidate um you know that i think that's one of the nice things though about mickey is i don't sense a huge change in demeanor maybe some of the things that have been said have been a little bit different but you know he mickey said it himself yesterday he he is he is who he is he you know he's not going to change based on the circumstances he's he's a pretty you know grounded individual and you know is very comfortable in his own in his own skin and he's comfortable being you know the kind of person that he has been and he was raised to be so uh you know is is he more serious a candidate today than he was five weeks ago absolutely he is but i don't think the demeanor has changed all that much if it if at all and and that's that that steadiness that that folks like everyone likes someone whether they wherever they fall on the personality spectrum I think one thing we all appreciate is consistency and 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 folks who aren't fluctuating, you know, based on day to day or based on, you know, the room they're in, the company they keep. Mickey's Mickey's the same person in this company as he would be in 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 any other company. And and I think that's what makes him attractive as a as a candidate. I think it's what makes him attractive as a recruiter, uh, why co- why players seem to gravitate to him because you know, he knows or they know the player or the individual who's encountering him knows I'm getting the same person here that he's, you know, giving to somebody else, right. you know, whether he's recruiting a, a similar position or, you know, he's talking to a quarterback versus talking to an offensive lineman. You're getting the same person. And and that's all that's all you want from a leader is is consistency and 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 something that, hey, you know, I, I know. I know where I stand because it makes it makes it easier for people to understand where they stand when the leader, the person that's instructing them is is keeping an even keel or maybe not even keel. But but he's he's staying true to himself and he's not fluctuating based on the circumstances. You know what you're going to get. And and that just makes it so much easier for someone to go out and perform because they know, hey, this type of effort isn't going to be good enough. This type of effort is going to be good enough. And there's no, there's no question. There's no, you know, trying to fudge with anything 
because Mickey's going to tell you straight up, hey, that's not good enough, or you're doing a good job, keep doing that, and you don't have to worry about that. those two parameters changing because, you know, he's trying to to be a different person than who he is, and that I think that's the most... uh the most admirable thing I can observe, at least in the first five or six weeks with him at the helm. Now, you and I, I think, were of similar positions just when thinking about Mickey as a candidate, at, especially a couple of weeks ago, where it was, OK, let's wait and see how the rest of this season goes. Now you're to the point where you've got a little of that in, but not all of it. How much do you think Trev, A, will be, and maybe B, should be, beholden to the outcomes of these next five games and what they look like and everything about them in evaluating Mickey as a candidate still going forward? I wish I had an answer for that. Uh, You know, I've tried to look at this search as analytically as possible and tried to take emotion out of it because I don't think you can make this decision emotionally. Um, you know, it's, it's, if it's as important as you say it is and, and, and getting the program turned around and moving in the right direction, especially given the new circumstances of the Big Ten in the next couple of years. Uh, if it's as serious as you say it is, then this, this is a very important hire at a very important juncture. And, and the last thing you want to do is fall to the whims of, of how emotion is. That said, um, you know, this is, this is part of Mickey's tryout because unlike all of the other candidates that have been listed, they have experience. They have head coaching experience at this level. They've put a lot of stuff down on tape. Mickey hasn't. This is his tape. And it's going to be a, it's going to be a smaller tape than any of the other candidates that are out there. So it's going to factor. It's going to matter. And, and, and with Trev being here at ground zero, he's going to, as much as he wants to try to avoid it, it's, it's impossible to avoid you know, how the stadium's going to feel on Saturdays and how the mood of the state's going to be or the mood of the fan base is going to be mm-hmm. after each and every game, that's going to be impossible to to avoid. And so, you know, what you hope happens is that Trev can compartmentalize those things. And when it comes down to the process of, all right, we've seen what you can do on game days, but what are you going to do the other, you know, eight months, nine months out of the year where there are no games. Because I've argued that this is the easy part of coaching. What you're doing right now is the easy part. You're coaching football, you're you're game planning. You know, yes, you're doing some recruiting on the side, but, you know, this is kind of the easy part. The hard part is, is all the other things. You know, organizing a staff, keeping a team together, keeping a team focused through winter conditioning and spring drills and, you know, trying to figure out a master plan. All of those things, those are the things we don't get a chance to see that go into the end product that we see on Saturday. Mickey doesn't have the the ability to to show off what he's done on that front because he's never done it before. And that's going to be the big mystery of if whether or not he's going to be good enough to do that. And, and, so right now, you know, you're getting to do the easy part or the fun part of the job, and that is coach and play the games. But it, all the other hard stuff that you're ultimately going to be judged on and that ultimately is probably going to determine whether or not you're actually good on those Saturdays, you know, those are the things, you know, that Trev's got to try to flesh out through the interview process and try to figure out, you know, and dive into Mickey's brain and figure out, okay, what it, what is it you want to do? How do you want to organize this thing? How are you going to be, you know, as a leader 
you know, 12 months out of the year, not just two and a half or three months out of the year. Yeah. I, I, I'll just, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great answer. It's so complex at this point. It it's, is. It's, hard, it's so hard for Trev to kind of compare what he's doing to what other candidates. And maybe those questions will answer themselves by who's available and who's not available. But yeah. And that's the other thing too. We don't know who those candidates will be. I mean, we don't, it, it, it's possible there might be a few that were high on Trev's list that, aren't anymore because of either, you know, how their seasons have gone or maybe how they their agents or or their go-betweens have responded to inquiries. It might be that there might be some folks that say, yeah, I don't know if I really want to take that job. Yeah. That's a possibility, too. Well, and, and, and you know this, and, and I don't know how it impacts Trev, but I'll tell you what, if they would somehow, I think it's an uphill battle for Nebraska in this game, but if they somehow pull it off, uh, this weekend, uh, it's gonna, it, it, this is super obvious, but it'll be a new level of interest among a lot of people, um, in, in Mickey Joseph and his potential here. There'll be a lot of people talking about that in a way that different than they are even this week. So I agree. We'll see. We will sit, be, sit back and see what happens. Nebraska and Illinois, Saturday, 2.30 kickoff. Pre-game starts at 10.30 here on KLN. All right, thank you very much for your time, John. Uh, have a good show. We'll talk to you next week, all right? All right, we'll see ya. There's John Bishop, 16.20, The Zone. 855, take a break. We'll run down the Fantasy Huskers pick, give you a little preview of tomorrow. And get you ready for the rest of the day. You listen to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 858. Uh, all right, a couple of little business things to take care of here. We've got Fantasy Huskers picks. What do people think yardage Illinois, uh, Illinois rushing yardage could uh, Well, be? today's picks were our two highest so far for the week. Catherine says 225. Shane, 275. Ooh, all right. Shane's playing the edges there. Probably, you know, always a smart play on Fantasy Huskers to play the extremes. Will anyone go over him? We will find out. We've got two more days to do that. Uh, real quick programming note. Again, Husker Volleyball is on KLIN Ooh. tonight. We're, uh, we're, so we'll, it'll be on B1073 as usual, but also be over here if you want to listen to it here or in the KLIN app. So that will, uh, that 7.30 sports night will end, and the pregame will get going at 7.30, and the game will begin at 8. And then, of course, we'll have all the recaps tomorrow. And tomorrow's a Thursday, meaning Ticket Thursday. We've got tickets to Nebraska, Illinois, Ooh. Saturday at Memorial Stadium. We were just talking about what that atmosphere is going to be like. Weather should be good. Looking at a high of 70 right now. 2.30 game time where it kind of gets dark at the end. Memorial Stadium might be kind of lit. On uh, Saturday Let's late get afternoon, it rocking. will it be dark enough to do the uh, thunderstruck? Do it anyway. Do it anyway. I bet they will. I don't care. I bet they will. Uh, you're going to want those, and no more hey, generation sun's out, collaboration. Fun's out. Let's go. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see if we bring back lie detector or current events quiz. I don't know where we're going to go. We're going to figure that out later today. I don't want to give you a chance to study and figure <laughs> it out, and master the game before we actually play it. So uh, yeah, that's what's uh, coming up tomorrow. Plus, Greg Sharp, voice of the Big Red, the Grow Lincoln team as well more fantasy huskers and we'll lead you into the tailgate on friday that is it for the show we will see you tomorrow it is nine o'clock on lincoln's news and talk 1499.3 klin